On today's show, are Michael Branzek, Newgard, and Igor Chernyshov top 10 prospects? All that and much more European prospects talk over at Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. We'll start off with a decent enough question. Are uh, Igor Chernyshov and Michael Branzek Newgard's top 10 prospects? Um, we'll talk about that in detail, kind of describe their games and let you know how they're doing so far this season. Um, point totals, projections, um, kind of profiles of the players and all that. Um, then we'll move on to some question marks about this year's uh, draft eligibles. We'll start off with Adam Yerchek, um, Anton Salaev. We'll talk a bit about Aron Kibuhari, who's injured as well. A couple of prospects who have given us a bit of uh, reserve or question marks for uh, this uh, year's draft, all coming up in today's second segment. Then we'll end things off by talking about some drafted prospects who have really impressed so far this year. Um, we'll talk about um, Axel Sandin Pelika, Yonatan Lekirimaki, and a lot, lot more. It'll be a bit of a quick fire round um, in our second and third uh, segments just because there's so much to cover. Um, but before we get into any of that, um, just remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. Leave us a comments and make sure to follow along as we continue our prospect coverage throughout the year. Um, so Sebastian, let's start things off. I think with the easy one, Igor Chernyshov. I think we're both on the same page here. Top ten talent, right? Oh yeah, he's a ton of fun. Uh, Igor Chernyshov is, uh, it, at least from my viewing so far, the most fun power forward in this draft class, and uh, the most natural power forward in this draft class. And uh, I, I have him, I, I believe, tentatively at like sixth overall right now. So I'm a pretty big fan. Yeah, no, absolutely, same here. I mean, you're, you're talking about a player who has great hands and tight i mean for a big guy first his skating's fantastic um but also just his ability to make small plays and tight to to stick handle himself out of trouble to get off the boards and make plays through pressure i mean there's just so much to love about his kind of more intricate particular details but the bigger picture is he constantly gets results um both on the score sheet and overall in terms of game impact he's just every game he's so noticeable um, and that's whether he's playing at the KHL level or at the MHL level where it's honestly just not fair. They, they need to get him out of that league, right? I mean, it's just it's just unfair. It, it's not right for anyone. It's not fair for anyone. Like, uh, Shredershop can't exactly uh, develop his game in the MHL very mm-hmm. much because uh, this is a player who plays the the modern mold of a European power forward, like up the alley yeah. of uh, Slavkovsky and Ranton and stylistically. This mm-hmm. is a guy whose puck skills are just as key to his game as his size is. And he plays with fluidity and intelligence. But whereas Slavkovsky in his draft year uh, had struggles with, with particular pro habits and uh, like if it's things like crowding the short side off the rush or uh, lowering his center of gravity in order to absorb a contact or to pre-scan, those are all things that Chernyshov does very, very well. 
Now, the the flashes of a high of high end skill happen quite at the same level as Slavkovsky's were at like the the Olympics or the World Championships. But but Chernyshevsky has the entirety of this draft year to 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 show those flashes. But he's a ton of fun to watch, and uh, I, I think that there are a few players in this draft class that can get the two of us more enthusiastic than Igor Chernyshevsky can. Oh, absolutely. He's just so fun. And like I said, you notice him on every shift and it's beyond just being big and doing big boy things. It's just genuinely his skill set is amazing. Um, I've grown fond of a shot. I wasn't a big fan at the start, but I've, it's grown on me and I've started yeah. to realize the kind of intricacies of a shot placement and his and his weight transfers are pretty good. Um, but the playmaking stands out as well. I mean, he, he's the type of player who's very comfortable distributing the puck and does so with the right timing, with the right pace on his passes. He, he, he plays area passes and slip passes and can, can snap passes through, through lanes quickly when he needs to this passing arsenal is diverse and very accurate. Um, so yeah, I'd be surprised if at the end of the day, we're talking about a player who goes outside of the top 10 on draft day. I mean, his skill set is really, really impressive. And on top of that, um, he has everything a team looks for in the NHL. Um, but that brings me to Michael Branzeg Newgard, a um, Norwegian player. We don't get those often, um, no but doubt. he he's looking really good um, so far in the SHL, and um, he he's just been the type skin, of... I think, right? I believe he's oh, playing he might more be... on the Alsvenskan. Yeah, he might be playing at the Alsvenskan level. Yeah, but I mean, he he's just he's a type of player who you look at and you just see a pro. Um, I know we're not on the same page with this. I think he's like in a tentative top 10. He's probably my ninth or 10th overall pick. Um, mm. But what's your take on that so far? I, I'm a big fan. I think in order to to elevate him to that level, I need to see his tools kind of grow a notch or two, at, at least in terms of how he's able to leverage them against professional competition. And mm-hmm. his playing time has been increasing over the last couple of games, whereas earlier on in the season, he was averaging around 10 minutes a night with Mora uh, like in the Alsvenskan. Uh, this, uh, in, the, in the past like couple of weeks, I've seen that go up to like that 14 to sometimes even like 15 to 16 range. So yeah. he's been playing more minutes, which is great. And he's being trusted, which is so understandable because of how he plays the game. This is, a, a highly refined defensive player, really, really smart. And uh, he has a ton of pro habits. He will support low in the defensive zone. He plays a, a, an active role in every phase of the game uh, in, every, in all three zones. He's really, really active. And he he plays like a very professional-oriented game. He's already a strong give-and-go player. He already uh, constantly seeks out open ice. He's... He's constantly, constantly looking for outlets and for escapes, uh, whether he has the puck or whether he's trying to to be that outlet for teammates. So he's a very, very proactive thinker of the game, which uh, has been one of the biggest parts of his success so far uh, against professional competition uh, at this early age. But uh, while I, I do think that, that, that the tools are good, like I've seen him lower the lower center of gravity, try, like drive the net, showing some power skills, but you'd be hard-pressed to call him the pure power forward at this stage just yet. Like he still has to, to kind of like, like really learn to, to, to do those things more, more often to impose himself physically. 
but uh, I think if he's able to to start doing those things a bit more regularly, if he's able to start taking control of games in the offensive zone, even if it's just a couple, uh, even just like 10 seconds long of just like cycling around the offensive zone, I'd love to see him be more proactive and confident with the puck on his stick because his off-puck game's already so refined, so confident. I'm not very concerned about that at the NHL level. And I think that that gives him a solid baseline as like a a top 25 lock, top 20 lock. But uh, I think in order to, to elevate him up my board to, to where you have him, I still haven't quite seen the high end offensive skills just yet. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, I, I look at a skill set and I see a player who definitely has, you know, a, a, a toolkit that is very interesting that you don't see often. Um, but on top of that, for me, it's just the the mindset with him. Um, more than the toolkit itself, because, you know, there are a lot of players who have really interesting tools, but it doesn't work at the NHL level. You know, I think of guys like Nick Patan, Mason Appleton, you know, guys who they they could make the NHL and they can make it in a kind of limited role, but they can't elevate themselves up a lineup because their skill set works in isolation. Nothing's really kind of gelled together. There isn't um, a cohesiveness to their skill set. Michael Branzak Newgard's skill set is insanely cohesive. Everything yes. works in conjunction. Um, he he doesn't play the natural kind of kind of traditional power forward style. He's not the type of player to aimlessly throw his body around and just shove his way <laughs> through everyone and drag everyone to the net with him. But the subtleties of his board game, the subtleties of his his scanning habits, the way that he proactively looks around him in order to find uh, the next play and not only locate his teammates, but locate his opponents and where they are related to his teammates so that you can kind of map out well what his next play is. There are small habits and small details in his game that have really, really grown on me. And I was, I, I was already high on him, you know, in, in terms yeah. of where I had him ranked from the start. I was already, the, I was already talking about him as the top 15, top 20 pick, um, a, decent while before a lot of people kind of had them had him in that conversation um and since then i've just had more and more reasons to kind of bump him up my board i'm just a massive fan of what he brings to the game so um i, I think he's definitely if he if he does get picked in the in the top you know 20 it'll be more towards the 15 range than the top 10 range um at the end of the day unless things drastically improve but i'm high enough on a skill set overall that i would consider him in that conversation like i said he's probably near the very end of the top 10 or the start of the top 15 um but you know of the 10 to 15 range rather but you know he's just given given me a lot of reasons overall throughout the year to kind of continue believing in his skill set he's improved his game in small increments so i'll keep a close look on on brandzak newgard and make sure that you know uh, we keep giving you updates on this player because he's very, very interesting. And I'm looking forward to see how he develops. Uh, but that wraps things up for this first segment. I'll we'll head into our second segment. We'll, we'll discuss a bit more um, prospects from the draft, uh, from the 2024 draft that look a bit more like question marks and kind of um, players we're really high on. Uh, so we'll get into that right after these messages. First, we'll just have a quick word from two of our sponsors, a new one in Parkview Advance. And then we'll talk about Indeed in just a second. Uh, Take it away, Sebastian. As a business owner, you realize that there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean that you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped business secure working capital. 
From 5,000 to 1.5 million, Parkview Advance can improve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. To learn more, you can either uh, reach Parkview Advance by calling 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping business uh, with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. They help you out a lot in terms of attracting, interviewing, and hiring all in one place so you don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for different candidates with the right skill sets. Uh, they have an, an option called Instant Match. Um, with Instant Match, you, um, you, you invite candidates to apply through the website directly. Um, with Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates. Their resumes match what you're looking for, the job description of your job, uh, and you can invite them to apply right away. And when you invite them to apply, they're three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who just look for it and search, according to US Indeed data. Um, so take the guesswork out of uh, hiring people um, for your business. They Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. So that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirement. So just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. But if you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, so moving on to our second segment, we'll talk about a couple question marks. We've got a decent batch of prospects we'll talk about here, so we'll, we'll kind of go rapid fire on these guys. First and foremost, Adam Yerichek, David Yerichek's younger brother. He's off to a kind of a rocky start to his season. Um, talk me through what you kind of expect from Yerichek this year and how that's kind of fallen short this year so far. Yeah, so so far, I mean, Yerichek is, what, 10 games into his, his season playing pro hockey in Czechia, and he's yet to record a point. He's averaging just over 10 minutes a night. He's not playing the biggest role just yet. Uh, but I wouldn't call it a rocky, rocky start. I, I still think that he's well within that top 15, top 20 conversation. I think the bigger conversations had of whether or not he's a top 10 talent. And mm -hmm. I think that's where I myself am still a little bit skeptical, at least at this stage, because Yearcheck, like, whereas his brother was this uh, highly dynamic and just physical beast on the ice yeah. in the draft year season, really unlike any other draft eligible that we've seen in the last four years. David Yerichek has... Uh, Adam Adam, Yerichek. Yerichek. <laughs> Adam <Yerichek. laughs> This year's Yerichek has, uh, ha has a collection of, of, of hurdles in this game that, that, that David didn't have. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the big things there for me is just his decision-making in the offensive zone. I see him shooting by default when pressure at the blue line quite often. Uh, he goes for the simple play the majority of the time. I'd love to see him be a little bit more daring, a little bit more proactive inside that offensive zone because mm -hmm. he's shown flashes of having that toolkit. Like we saw this at Pohinka as well. Like there were games that he took over completely yeah. against his own age group. And of course, against professional competition, it's a completely different ball game. But I would still like to see him be a little bit more proactive with the puck on a stick because I think defensively he's been able to to, to tread water at the very least. Like yeah. he's not the biggest biggest guy. Like he's still quite light for his big frame, and uh, I think imposing himself physically is still a bit of a challenge. But uh, 
I, I, I would love to see him like kind of grow out of that shell and, and be more proactive offensively because the physical tools and stuff will come with time. But I think the things that he really, really needs to accelerate in his development right now is his play with the puck on a stick and especially the speed at which he's able to make decisions and the confidence that he has in his own abilities. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the main issue with me here with your check so far is there's just hesitancy to his game that's a bit concerning. Yeah. Um, he seems he seems kind of shy at times. Um, and I understand that, you know, facing the big lights of the biggest stage of your of your home country is difficult. Um but at the same time, there there wasn't this with Yerichek and uh, with David Yerichek, and there definitely isn't this with a lot of the prospects that are taking their first steps against men this year. Um, especially on defense, I think of Artyom Levshunov and even Aaron Kivihari has shown a lot less hesitancy and shyness in his game. He's willing to make make he was willing before his injury to to you know make risky plays and try try out some new things and stuff. So I, I was. I don't know. It's difficult to kind of tell with Yurichek, with Adam Yurichek, where he stands on that. But I think that with time, he might get more comfortable. Just so far, it's a bit more of a question mark than anything. Um, but speaking of um, Aron Kiviharyu, he was injured, which does bring... It's a different kind of question mark, but it's a question mark nonetheless. Um, he's going to be out for a decent amount of time. How does you know? How, how does this project for when he comes back? You know, is he the type of player? He's gonna is he gonna be playing the same style of player? Um, is he gonna kind of have to mold his game around his injury? Um, is it gonna slow down his play because he's really good at picking up the pace of play with the puck on his stick? But you know, I'm I'm curious to see how that develops. Um, we also have Anton Salayev on defense, who's a bit of a question mark. He started sure. off the season piping hot. Um, but has slowed down considerably since on the offensive side. However, the defensive side has greatly improved, and there are games where he looks like a top five pick. It's just, yeah, the, I think with Saliva, the main question mark is the inconsistency with his play so far, right? Oh, for sure. There's been a, a, a wide range of viewings that I've had on Saliva yeah. so far, but he's one of the most fascinating players in this draft class. Like, this is a player whose combination of mobility and reach allows him to cover more ice than any defense than I've seen in the last three drafts. Yeah. Uh, he's he's really mobile, and and he used that to his advantage defensively. Uh, his scanning has become a lot more frequent. I think he's really been working on those professional habits. He's making yeah. faster decisions. He's starting to be more daring with the puck on the stick. So while the production may have uh, quieted down offensively, he's spending so much more time above the hash marks in the offensive zone, going behind the net and activating and applying pressure, jumping up as a fourth attacker off the rush. He's way more involved, which is great to see. But I still have had these viewings where sometimes there's just a bit of a brain freeze with him where he makes a couple decisions on the same shift where the entire time you're just thinking like, what's going wrong? It's a domino <laughs> effect of one, one bad yeah. play and just everything just falls to pieces. Yeah. But, but he's been so much more solid recently than he was at the start of the season. And I know like our, our early season conversations about Salayev were not perhaps the most positive. Yeah. Like, like we were both big skeptics. I think I was the bigger skeptic between the two of us. Like I got the first viewing in of him of our team and uh, it was not a very good game. But since then he's, he's really, really been adapting well and adjusting to the KHL pace, which has been very impressive. So Salayev, like the question, there are fewer question marks now than, than there were maybe a month or so ago, but uh, yeah, I think as of right now, he's tentatively right right at the back end of my top 10. So uh, he's, he's definitely been answering a lot of my question marks in the last month. 
For sure. I I'm still really worried about the level of inconsistency in this game, but the flashes are really, really brilliant. They're really uh, bright. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this develops with them. But uh, yeah, that more or less wraps things up for a second segment. Now we'll head into our third segment and talk about some drafted prospects that are really standing out so far, including uh, the Detroit Red Wings, Axel Sanin Pelika, um, Yonatan Lekarimaki out of the Vancouver Canucks, Anton Wahlberg, and a lot more. But first, a quick word from our sponsors at BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, first and foremost, I mean, it's the end of the year season, the month of the month of October is coming to an end. We're heading into November. Um, you know, the weather's changing, all that stuff that can affect a lot of people, including myself. I've had a lot of trouble with seasonal depression and how it affects, um, my mood, my overall motivation, ability to get things done around the house, that kind of stuff. And therapy's helped a lot with that. Um, and BetterHelp is a great option if, if, you know, the conventional routes of therapy either don't work for you or not available. Um, BetterHelp is a great alternative to that. Um, I've, you know, if you've benefited from ther therapy um, uh, overall, it's also a great idea to switch over to BetterHelp because it's a lot more accessible. Um, it's online so you can get a reliable kind of um, kind of uh, source of therapy and, and help overall. And it's entirely online. So it's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just have to fill up, a, you just have to fill out a, a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NHL to get 10% off your first month today. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NHL. Check it out. All right, so to end things off, we'll talk about some drafted prospects. First and foremost, Axel Sandin Pelica has been doing great so far. Um, he was a player that we both had in, in the borderline top 10 of our draft uh, boards, and uh, he went, I believe, what was it, 17th overall to the Detroit Red Wings? Um, Indeed. After the after they picked, um, after they picked uh, in, at ninth overall, um, who was it again? His name's escaping me, but I know who he Nate is. Nate Danielson. Nate Danielson. That's who it is. Honestly, if you switch him around, I'm perfectly fine with this. If they had picked Sandy Pelican sure. at ninth overall and Danielson at 17th, no problem at all with it. Um, so I'm really happy with this selection for, for Detroit, and it's been paying off really well so far. I believe he's up to seven points in 16 games, something like that. 14. 14. Yeah, he's half a point a game with six and goals. Six goals. And <laughs> yeah. So it's going great for him so far. Um, what's really impressed me with Sandy Pelica is how he's upgraded his transition game, how he's become more comfortable carrying the puck out of his zone, making hard, accurate passes on teammates' sticks so that they can carry the puck into the offensive zone with just as much ease as he can. Uh, he's been using his skating a lot better. He's been getting better at deceiving opponents sending him the wrong way and from the point we all knew how good his shot was um having watched him yeah. all year it's a weapon uh that the, both the wrister and the slapper are amazing um but he's gotten less um trigger happy and has gotten a bit more selective with his goal scoring which has actually helped him score more goals because goaltenders don't know when he's passing or shooting whereas a lot of the time last year he was shooting by default even though he's really good at it it can sometimes lead to some predictability and predictability is what kills, especially as you hit the pro level. So yeah. What's your take on Sandy Pelica so far? And um, where do you see him? Do you see his projection having changed at all or not yet? 
Not yet. I mean, no. I, we'll, we'll see how the goal scoring streak continues. If he's, if he's still scoring uh, half a goal a game uh, by the end of the season, I'll probably say my, my takes shifted. But yeah. as of right now, this is still a player who, yes, he, he, he's progressed very well over the summer, but I expected him to progress very well over the summer, right? I think a lot of us did. Like, there's a reason that we all had him ranked around that 10 range. Like, I, I had him ranked 10th overall. And uh, wouldn't you know it? He's playing like a 10th overall pick should in Sweden. And, and, and yeah, I think, as you said, the transition game's been better. But I, I think that, in my view, the biggest, the most important shift was the one, the other one that you mentioned of being less trigger happy. He's been, is it so much more selective? But beyond that, he's so much more patient with his shot. Where, whereas last year he'd be just shooting from the blue line. Now he's moving up into that high slot before he's, he's actually snapping off that shot, which is yeah. obviously creating more dangerous opportunities. He's, uh, been a bit more aware of using screens to his advantage at the SHL level, which he was great at doing against junior competition last year, but kind of fell apart at the professional level. And that's been really solid so far in the SHL. So uh, yeah, very, very exciting times. And I mean, Detroit's defensive core is going to be a uh, pain for the entire Atlantic division for a very long time, especially when sending Pelica doesn't even have to be a top pairing guy. He can be a second pairing guy. Like there's no pressure there. Uh, he, he has, all all the opportunity in the world to just be that high-end offensive number three defenseman. And I think that's the role that is tailored for him. So uh, his progression has been great to see. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to Jonathan Lekariamaki, who has been really, really good to start off the season um, in the SHL. Um, he's almost at a point per game, uh, playing really well, uh, really good hockey so far in, in Sweden. And um, this was a pick that I was a bit surprised with. I mean, there was a big trio at your garden of Lekariamaki, uh, Noah Östlund, and Liam Ögren. Uh, who are th- three linemen who spent the entire year together at the at the pro level with Tiergarten. And last year they were relegated to the Alsvenskan. And of the three, I was considerably more impressed with Ergden and and Usland. But this year, like Mackey has taken over in terms of the um, offensive production. I still very much like Usland and Ergden's games, but like Mackey has we he, we have to give him his flowers. He's leading that line in in, in points and leading all. Dra- uh, all draft eligibles from that year in points in that uh, in that league, and leading all U twenty players as well in points um, among that. And league. he so, and he's tied and he's tied for top in the SHL in goals, which is amazing. I mean, it's what he does. Kerry <laughs> Mackey is a goal yeah. scorer. My main concern in this draft year was he doesn't have a B game, so if his goal scoring yeah. doesn't translate, it's not going to work. But it has so far. So. Yeah, what's your take on that? I mean, do you feel like Lakari Mackey can develop a B game, or is he just going to keep having to hope that that his goal scoring kind of translates to the next level? Considering that his game hasn't exactly adapted, like in like what the year and a half after having picked, I think he, both Lakari Mackey himself and the Canucks organization have kind of doubled down on him being that pure goal yeah. scorer. And possibly for the best. I mean, this, this was a player that I was quite low on. I think I had him ranked in that, that 26 to 28 range, uh, which uh, was looking like accurate for the most part of last season until he started ripping up the, the SHL playoffs. And uh, this season, he's continued that streak, and uh, he's looking really, really good. He's been way more dynamic in 
uh, the viewings I've had of him this season. He's been way more confident with the puck on a stick. And especially for a mobile goal scorer, confidence is everything. Yeah, and absolutely. he's been able to to take control of, of shifts, uh, which has been so great to see, especially considering he hasn't even turned 20 yet, right? Like, if there's a very young player who is uh, tied for top of the SHL in goals, which is very impressive. So uh, he's starting off the season very, very well. And if I were a Canucks fan, I'd be pretty hopeful with Lakarimaki, especially relative to where the consensus around him was at, like, 10, 10 months ago. Like, it, had, it wasn't very long ago that there was a lot of crit- criticism on, on his behalf uh, among Canucks fans and just hockey fans in general. Uh, yeah. And that has definitely shifted since then, which is nice to see. For sure. Um, and we'll move on to one of your favorites, and Anton Wahlberg. Um, take it away My on boy. him. How's he been, yeah. been doing? He's been really solid. Like, he's one of the, the younger players playing full-time minutes in the SHL, and he's playing a yeah. fair amount. Like, he's been... A couple games recently, he's logged over 17 minutes a night. He's a, a, a clear top six player now uh, with uh, with Malmer, and uh, he's been a ton of fun to watch. Like, this is a player that uh, his, his upside is really defined by his skill and power, uh, and it, that has been on full display early on this season, and I think that Buffalo got a tremendous player in the second round. Uh, yet another good uh, draft pick for the Buffalo Sabres, and uh, again, this is a player that I, I I was bullish on last year. He was in my first round for probably the last like five months of the draft cycle, and uh, yeah, he's he's only been been doing better since. And uh, even just the fact that he's playing top six minutes at all with a decent SHL organization as an eighteen year old is great to see, and he's producing decently well. Like he's I think up to close to half a point a game at this point. So. Uh, yeah, uh, Anton Wahlberg is still a very, very fun prospect, and uh, I'm still very much enjoying watching him play. Absolutely. And one thing's off with Lenny Heminaho. We have to mention him. He was one player we that neither one of us is really high on in his draft year, mainly because there were major concerns about um, his skating first being honestly not really good, um, but also yeah. just his overall reliance on off-puck movement to create um, offensively and score goals. Um, his point totals last year were really good, and they've gotten only better since then in the uh, Liga. Um, you know, he, he's gotten better in key areas as well. He's playing better between the dots. He's um, getting off the boards really well, playing under physical pressure really well, um, using his, his body positioning to leverage for pucks really well. Um, there have been some decent kind of key areas of project progression in his game that I've seen um, while scouting the lights of Constant Hellenius. He stood out for me against him, that kind of stuff. So I've been fairly impressed with Haminaho as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the batch of players we singled out as, as kind of drafted prospects from Swedish, Sweden and Finland that have been really impressive. And that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you've liked what you've been watching, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. And make sure to tune in as we continue our prospects coverage next week. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian and we hope you tune in next time.